Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. The Rookie Fever Podcast. We just having fun and we working, baby. That's it, baby. And welcome to the Rookie Fever Podcast. I am Mike, the Fevers Fenero, and I am bringing you another 2023 rookie player profile and special guest, Eric Court, senior editor over there at one of our favorite sites, DynastyNerds.com. Use promo code FEVER to save 15% off any membership. Eric is also host of the Debbie Dose YouTube, YouTube show. You can find him on Twitter at EK Baller. That's what I call him. And he is here with me tonight. Eric, how the hell are you? You know, I'm I'm on rookie fever. It's always a good night. Hanging out with my man Fanaro. Nice talking, talking dynasty rookies. There's uh not not anywhere I'd rather be, my friend. Sweet. Yeah, it's a, a good way to spend your Friday night. I appreciate you doing this again with us. We are proud to bring this for a third year straight. We enjoyed uh, your Spiller profile last year. We're going to dig into somebody new this year. We're going to get away from the running backs. We're going to jump into the wide receivers. And I would like to ask you one question. Are you ready to get into this rookie player profile? I was born ready, my friend. Rookie Thievers. Rookie Player Profile Edition. Nice. Let's tell our listeners who you chose and why. Uh, so this year I'm talking about Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. Uh, for a lot of reasons. One, I, I think he's not low-hanging fruit, right? I agree. Uh, I mean, there's three obviously elite wide receivers in this class. He's not in that group. He's probably in the group right behind it, but there's a heck of a lot to like about him. I mean, he is a high-level athlete, not as high testing for his straight line speeds. We would have liked. We were talking about four two, four three. Came in at a nice, but you know, not world-shaking four point four. But still, man, this is a guy that uh you know crushed alabama souls this year five <laughs> touchdowns in one game 1267 receiving yards 15 touchdowns and uh you know just a lot of things to like about this kid's future going into the nfl yep a four uh four-star prospect joining tennessee in 2020 playing behind third round picks josh palmer and velas jones in 2021 and 2022 uh he did just have his breakout season as you said just last year with over 1200 yards and 15 touchdowns in 12 games uh which resulted in him winning the belinikoff award also the first player in tennessee's history to receive such award six foot 176 pounds measured at the combine that four four you mentioned all this sounds really good to me um there's no doubt um but there's one concern I have right off the bat looking at his production profile. And I just want to see if you're concerned as well. And that's just his previous two seasons. Um, so his previous two seasons weren't so hot. We were looking at 200 yard seasons and he broke out. Yes. Last year, like we said, but that also was a result of Cedric Tillman missing some significant time. And I just wanted to address that right away. Cause that's probably the elephant in the room for Hyatt. 
Are you concerned about the rest of his production profile minus that one year? Yeah, I mean, he's not a flawless profile, right? Or we would just be, it would be a different conversation about Hyatt altogether. We'll point out he did get on the field uh, in in his first season, right, in 2020, um, and did some nice things, had some production. I believe there was a a complete overhaul in the offense after that, right? Heupel came in, the old regime went out. And for whatever reason, he must have had a hard time catching on in the offense in his second season in Tennessee. And I mean, that you can see that on paper, right? Just not anything to get excited about, really looking at that second season. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is it a concern? Sure. But I, I also think you have to look at the good as well as the bad. And, and you know, in this year, sure, you'd like to see multiple years of production. You'd like to see someone that produced earlier than he did right at a significant level, like a breakout level. I mean, 273 yards as a freshman is fine, but you'd like to see more. But I, you know, I think there's enough feathers in his cap, enough good assets in the profile that it's okay to take a shot on him at cost, which is an important part of the equation for me with Hyatt. Um, you know, despite the fact that he has some holes as well. And because as we were talking about earlier for now, mm-hmm. everyone in that range in the wide receiver <laughs> class has some significant pro uh, holes in their profile. Either Absolutely. they didn't have early production or they're 25 years old <laughs> or, or they're five foot eight and 160 pounds. Right. I mean, that's like pick your poison after the top five guys in this class. Right. Um, so, you know, for me, the guy that had a really earth shaking production season that has you know, nice hands, nice ability to track the ball downfield and some really high end athleticism. Sure. Uh, he's got some things that he'll have to grow into if he's really going to be a highly successful uh, NFL receiver or, you know, a fantasy asset, but give me the athleticism. Give me the guy that torched SEC defenses, um, you know, as, as, as the, the things that I'm going to take a shot on. Yeah, no, they're great points um, for sure. And, and, and when you're being honest about a profile, I think this might be one of those profiles that uh, is going to need a minute. Um, so in other words, day one is probably not going to be his day. Uh, it might be one of those things uh, we'll, we'll do. Uh, and every one of our longtime listeners know we'll do out of the gate or wait uh, with our rookies when we come in. And that'll be depending on landing spots, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, the NFL is going to love his speed. They're going to love his athleticism. And we're going to talk about where we think he goes in the NFL draft, which is also going to play into his profile, right? You get first or second round draft capital. We're going to like him even more. The one thing I didn't love again, was that the these three words were attached to his profile limited route tree this is yeah. not like this is not one of my favorite things i love technicians um jsn uh, addison those kind of guys that i don't have to worry about them learning the wide receiver position on the job in the nfl mm-hmm. um, my concern is when i see limited route tree my concern is that i'm gonna have to wait i don't like waiting i'm an impatient person and then on top of that waiting is sometimes the opportunity passes them by with the following draft class and it's just a scary situation i wanted to just get your feeling i love that you you watch these players i don't watch them like you do this limited route tree moniker that is attached to hyatt how much should i be worrying about that so i I, it's Obviously a valid criticism. Uh, He wasn't asked to do that many different things at Tennessee, right? And I hear you on on the wait thing. I will point out, like, he's, while you might have to wait for him to be a real fantasy asset, 
he's going to get on the field right away. And I guarantee you there's a one game next year in his rookie season that he's going to get like two touchdowns and 150 yards because that's who he is. Like, is he going to do that every week? Probably not. Right. (laughs) But remember, I don't know if you remember Hollywood's uh, rookie season. He had like the second week of the season and he got two bombs from Jackson for touchdowns. And everyone was like, Oh snap, this kid, we don't care anymore. These 165 pounds. Right. Um, and, And I think, Obviously, I'm not making that as an exact parallel. Uh, Hollywood was refined coming out. Sure. Um, but I'll say this. So uh, on, on the YouTube channel, on Debbie Doe's, I did a Hyatt profile. If anyone of your listeners is interested in more, go find it there and watch because I break down film on video, right? That's why I do I do it for myself and I do it for the viewers and the listeners because uh, I can actually show things that are going on. But here's what I saw. So, yeah. A ton of his production comes on these horrendous broken plays that Heifel schemed where, you know, Tillman more or less would clear out the DB, would draw the safety down, and Hyatt would run up the sideline untouched for a 60-yard bomb just over and over again. These, like, wheel route type things that he was just wide open for. Uh, I mean, the positives of that was, like, Great track body, you know, great ball tracking downfield, catching sure. the ball in stride, good hands. He does not drop those passes. But I'll say this: there's also a lot of other plays where you see him run like a dig route, right? And he's often he's not as skilled of a route runner as like an Addison uh, or a JSN, but he gets a huge cushion because of his speed and his athleticism. And it's not just the straight line speed. We saw at the combine while he didn't blow us away at the forty. His explosiveness testing was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. I what it was. It was like a 40-inch vertical and like yeah. an 11-foot-3 broad. I mean, those like on player profile, I'd give him a super high uh, burst score, right? Yeah. Like, And you see that. Like he can turn the Jets on and, and he can turn them off. I think he needs to work a little more on like technique on deceleration. Uh, sometimes he was really crisp, um, creating a ton of separation. But in any instance, he has that cushion. So, you know, if he's running like a little like – quick out or something and he's got a six yard you know cushion already like that's free yardage in the nfl as well um or or the other thing that he does really well um that i saw him do over and over again was just little stop routes and comebacks right because this guy is running you know he's running nines and he's winning and, and, and he's running the clear out routes so when he snaps back a comeback he's got two or three yards of separation instantly and this he was doing this against you know not like just like the safety he was torching in Alabama, but like like skilled SEC DBs over and over again. I think those are the opportunities that he's going to get as a rookie and that an offensive coordinator that's paying to draft Hyatt in the first round or the high second round of the NFL draft, hopefully like has watched what this kid did well and intends to replicate it because Hypel used him masterfully for, for what he does. Like he used his strengths and, and downplayed his weaknesses, which of course there are some, but my point is like, I don't think he's going to win only on these deep routes. The one trick pony moniker has, there's a reason people say that, but I think he can do more than people are giving him a credit for. I'm not saying he's this master technician and he's going to be a fantasy wide receiver one, that would be foolish and delusional, right? But I am saying that he has enough things he does well right now to get him on the field. And like, yeah, we look at like a Quentin Johnston, we're projecting QJ to improve on his glaring yeah. deficiencies. Sure. And, and we're giving him the chance to do that because of his 
Elite athleticism and his rack ability. Well, you know, Hyatt in the second round or something, is that worth waiting to see if he can fill in some of the gaps and become more of a Will Fuller, right? And and less of a John Ross? I think so. Where 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 are you getting him? I'm not paying 111 for him, but you don't have to. He's, you know, falling way into the second round in most of what I'm seeing. I know that's not the rule, but I think when people catch up more, He's going to be consistently a second round pick. So six foot, 176 pounds, which you mentioned at the top of the show. I want to talk just briefly about what you see on film with his physicality, because he played most of his snaps in the slot. And so he wasn't challenged much in press, right? So just real quick, physicality, how do you think he's going to adjust to the NFL? Yeah, so he didn't get pressed much in college, and part of that was scheme. Heupel routinely stacked him, right? So I had like Tillman ahead of him giving him a free release um but you know he he can play off ball in the nfl too right he's not an x receiver um but he can play on the other side of the field as a flanker or he can play in the slot either one of those guys are going to get a lot of you know free releases or a lot of space to work with but yeah i wouldn't describe physicality as his strongest asset he does fight for the catch not i wouldn't say he's a high-end contested catch receiver um, but he's not like a, oh, I'm just going to let it drop into the bucket either. Like he'll go after the ball and you see him make some good catches where he's attacking the ball in the air, you know, like really like going and getting it, which like for me, that's one of the things I care about. But yeah, I, I certainly don't think he's a dominant physical receiver. Uh, that's that's not what he does, though. He wins with separation rather than winning with physicality at the catch point so nfl.com is populating all of their profiles and have been for the last couple weeks and i always look at like their prospect grade and uh like whether they think this player is a starter or will be a starter and right next to his name is something i don't see that often Mm. boom or bust potential um and i think i think you would agree right i feel like and that's what i want to kind of segue into just super quick we asked this of all of our prospects ceiling and floor yeah, I mean, I feel like his probably like probably his uh his like median outcome, right? Right. He's gonna be somewhat of a boom and bust right. fantasy wide receiver, right? The guy that like we said catches two touchdowns for 120, and uh, you know, the next week the quarterback has no time to throw and he gets one catch for seven yards, right, on his screen or something. And like that's probably the reality. But there's guys like that, oh, yeah. that we like, right? I yep. mean, like healthy peak Will Fuller was a little bit of that, but was a really reliable fantasy asset for that one season. He took zero. Healthy. <laughs> um, but even like a Hollywood or someone like that, like has some of that like yeah. ebb and flow or I mean, even Devonta Smith, you know, just being there with another elite wide receiver has a yeah. lot of ebb and flow in his box scores as well. So totally expect that. And yeah, and I think his ceiling comp is like Will Fuller. If he gets polish uh if he gets a little bit more of route running technique uh to really accentuate the things that he already does well i think that's who he is i mean and again healthy will fuller is a great fantasy asset he was a wide receiver two with wide receiver one weeks all the time his floor is john ross right i mean yeah. it's like a guy that is there to clear out defenses and allow the actual x receiver yeah. to succeed and I- i'm sure that we're going to get plenty of those um games where he plays the dummy right where he's like just there is a 
you know, as a fake out piece to, to create space for, for someone else. But, but I think that's, you kind of want him to land in that situation where he's a, a complimentary piece, like a one B to a guy that's a good possession receiver, but not a burner. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so you can work together and, and really complement each other in the offense. So you mentioned earlier, you think that he's probably going at least for now without landing spots. Cause that's all we're doing. Uh, you know, maybe in the second round of rookie drafts, where would you draft him? Yeah. I, I like him currently at cost. Um, gotcha. I, I have a little bit, of a hard time um, with him versus the running backs in that range, just mm-hmm. because well, we don't know where they're landing at, right? Like if Ken right. Bigsby gets like early day two capital and lands somewhere where he's got a starter position, then I'm all of a sudden a lot more interested in tank than I am right now. Or same thing with like Sean Tucker, right? Who's currently mm-hmm. like end of the second round kind of guy, mid second round. If he gets somewhere where it looks like he's going to have immediate starting opportunity and upside, probably taking those guys over Hyatt at that point. But in terms of wide receivers, I'm looking for him um, about the same time as like Tillman and Mims. That's kind of like where I like him for a grouping. Um, And that is like mid to late second round for me. And I, I have the three of them pretty similarly. I like Mims's analytical profile better than either of the other guys. And I like his film. Tillman's got great film, but he's old. You know what I mean? And also has a, you know, pretty, pretty ugly analytical profile. So it's kind of the grouping. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I can get him with like the 212 or something, like, yeah, like give me that. Definitely taking him over like the Xavier Hutchinsons of the world and the Tyler Scotts of the world. And, you know, and that's, I see a lot of people not doing that. I see people with like Hutchinson and, and, and Tillman and Perry ranked over him. And uh, mm. it's tough for me to get on board with. Okay, that's awesome. That, that That's exactly the kind of answer that I was looking for with regards to that. Daniel Reuter just posted his four-round NFL mock today. He probably didn't get a chance to look at it. He had Hyatt mocked in the first round, third wide receiver overall in this class, 22nd overall in a trade-up situation with the Baltimore Ravens and Chiefs where the Chiefs draft Hyatt. He went on to say that the Chiefs offense, those who do not – get to see this video eric did a little dance um (laughs) he went on uh daniel ruder went on to say that the chiefs offense will play to hyatt's strengths in the open field turning helping him turn short passes into long gains uh which we talked a little bit at the beginning of this profile which i wanted to hear you say i wanted to hear you say he was more than a deep threat that he could take something shallow and just use that speed and go off and and it sounds like he had a bodyguard in college most of the time to kind of try to create that for him but i think andy reed and certain certainly patrick mahomes could provide that as well do you Judging from the dance, I think I know the answer to this question. Do you like this landing spot? And then immediately after that reaction, could you give me one more you'd like? Yeah, I mean, I love that. Uh, I, look, the Chiefs have tried to, like, force McCole Hardman to be a good receiver. Yeah. Tried to force Martez, you know, Valdez-Scantling to be this yep. good deep threat receiver. And Hyatt is better than either one of those players considerably, right? Like, again, not to try to pump him up or make him something he's not, but he is a better receiver than MBS in pretty much every way, right? Uh, just much better hands, probably the same speed, not that much smaller. MBS is maybe a little bit more physical, but can't like catch well, right? I mean, kind of the same thing with Hardman. So that would excite me. And I could see Reed being interested in that because he's been trying to fill that role in the offense Definitely. for so long. 
on the other one. And again, this is probably a low hanging fruit, but the chargers desperately need a good deep threat guy, right? They've been trying to find it. They've been trying to pick it up off waivers. They've been trying to add it on day three and uh, they haven't been successful in, in getting someone to do that, to play, you know, the foil to Allen and, and Williams there. Um, and, you know, like the Jalen Guyton type guy that's played that role, it's him and one other guy that have played it alternatingly over the past couple of years have had weeks that they're, you know, like low end wide receiver ones and high end wide receiver twos. So that would be excellent for me. Um, I, I think that would be awesome. I, you know, Herbert's got that strength and deep accuracy to make it worthwhile. And, and two other high end wide receivers would give Hyatt a lot of opportunities against weaker corners, against safeties. And man, that's, that's where he'll feast. That's awesome. I love that. I love talking about landing spots because that's going to be when we get really hyped about all these players all over again. We're, we're a little, I know you guys are listening to all the rookie player profiles, but I know there's a lot of people doing these profiles now. And so you're getting, you're getting information overload and you're probably getting a little 2023 fatigue, maybe even looking over at 2024 at this point, <laughs> but I promise you, you all are going to get a heavy dose of rookie fever all over again after these landing spots hit. And I think Hyatt's one of those guys that could vault with the right landing spot i do think that because i think regardless of what you think about his production file his athletic athleticism his speed all of that the nfl is going to like this player he's going early so if we know that already that goes into his profile bucket and now we're just waiting on what team what opportunity and that's a big one but that is a big one that could also uh, put him well out of your mid to late second round rookie pick that you're hoping he'll be at right now it could uh, he's one of those players that could vault up all right if you were going to mix him in and i know these are always tough to do because you know so much more about the 2022 class but just as a prospect if you're going to mix him in with olave garrett wilson drake london the whole 2022 class whereabouts just approximately not looking for a dead on spot just i think we can all agree he's he's not and he's not on the tier with one, those three wide receivers i just mentioned but how far down the list do you go well like as prospects if as i've prospects. never seen them play in the nfl yep. yet i'd probably have him in a similar range to christian watson okay. maybe before that because i think they have a lot of the same like assets obviously he's not like doesn't have the size and physicality right. that Watson does, but right. just in terms of a guy that we have a little bit of a limited information about that really requires some projection to feel okay about him having a role at the next level. That's kind of where I'd put him. Um, but, you know, and that probably puts him still like maybe a Pickens was right there for me. Downs and flowers are kind of in that range, right? Like I'm taking downs first. I think downs mm -hmm. is super solid, you know, maybe a little bit less, ceiling but just super good at what he does and going to be a day one player for a team so yeah i mean i think he's at the end of that chain of guys that i care about just outside of the ones that i feel like great about right yeah all right 
No, that's good. That's good. Because I think doing that gives uh, people who don't watch the film just a little clearer idea of like what level prospect or what tier prospect that we're looking at. And that's still a, a significant uh, tier. I, I would I would argue a lot of those names you mentioned. I'd be, I'd be very happy to have George Pickens be very ha- happy to have Watson like there's there's uh, he's still in a very interesting grouping for you, which is great. Now, you mentioned um, I had two player comparison reactions for you, and we've already mentioned one guy over and over with Will Fuller. So we'll let that one go because he is very commonly um, comped to Will Fuller. This next one was surprised me a little bit and it's it's Lance Zerline. Uh, This guy, my buddy Lance Zerline will throw in some comps in here sometimes that I feel um, hit me funny. And I just, I, I know I'm skewing your answer already by saying it hits me funny. I apologize. But Deshaun Jackson is where he went and um and i get it again size and speed this is what this is probably my biggest i think this is why we all hate comps because so many comps are done based on physical like the physical characteristics of a player mm-hmm. versus how they play um just a quick reaction to sean jackson player comp i think that's a great ceiling comp for him right nice. I, I mean i wasn't nice. i wasn't really scouting guys when sean jackson was coming out he was already like who he was in the nfl by the time yeah. i started caring about any of this stuff but i think the things that let Deshaun Jackson succeed, Hyatt could do, right, but we're taking some projection because Deshaun Jackson was a route ninja, right? It wasn't just speed, but he had blazing speed, but it was a little more nuance, mm-hmm. right? And a little more footwork that we just haven't seen Hyatt do consistently yet that I think he'll have to do. But yeah, I mean, is a ceiling comp or a play style comp? Sure. I, I love cool. that. Cool. All right. So before we move on to our last two questions and get you out of here, is there anything else you wanted to add about Jalen Hyatt that you think our listeners should know that maybe we didn't hit on? I think we hit all the high notes, you know, I mean, it's, he has potential and guys that are going to that place in the rookie drafts have less upside than him unless one of the running backs really hits. I guess the other thing that I will say is he's a guy that I can see myself if he becomes consistently, you know, a back end of round one pick, which as you said is plausible, right? Like it's not probable if he lands right. Um, And you know where he's going, if he's going back into the first, like it's probably gonna be a good team with a good quarterback that picks him there. So I, you know, that's a concern for me because if he starts consistently going ahead of like Josh Downs with round two capital and Zay Flowers with round two capital, I will have a hard time taking him there. I have a hard time taking him over uh, day two running backs that I like, you know, um, or, you know, really, you know, if it becomes at that point that his value is greater than some veterans that I think are already like, you know, awesome assets, like, you know, if he becomes worth like a mid first and you know, I'm like, yeah. oh, geez, I could just trade for a Chris Godfrey or like yeah. add something and get Devonta Adams. Like, sure. oh, I'm going to do that 10 times out of 10. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, I, I also think that if he does fall a little bit like that's his upside you could get that kind of value gain out of him like as soon as he puts that 150 yard game up right like you know he's gonna hit the trade block in 45 leagues and uh you know deals are gonna get done so yeah i feel like he is an upside play and um i think with with upside especially when you're talking about a late first even a late first rookie pick 
Upside's great. Upside's what you're shooting for there. Uh, you're probably or almost definitely a contender there. Um, and, and he has it. He has upside. I, I would I would warn people, and I and you you just said it without saying it, Eric, um, that just because he's drafted in the first round and a wide receiver you like more and maybe is more complete that might even bring more to the table earlier in his career goes later in the draft remember this that nfl teams don't care about your fantasy roster and he will complement a wide receiver group for an nfl team in ways that don't find themselves on the stat sheets that help fantasy football like you said spread the offense out uh make players underneath open all those things are very very valuable to nfl teams not so much fantasy teams so when he gets drafted real high and i think he will Keep that in mind, too. Don't overdraft in your rookie draft someone that was picked maybe half a round ahead just because you like it. Landing spot's different, though. Landing spot, I think you can change your rankings. I'm, I'm old enough to remember people having Henry Ruggs as the fantasy one, yes. one in that class. Yes. You know, pre-draft. Yes. So. Yep. You got it. I love that you brought that up. Who Who is your guy in this year's draft? Eric, who's getting you all excited? Who's getting you hot and bothered? I mean, early on, like my guys that I was really excited for were Downs and Charbonnet. Mm-hmm. Just Charbonnet was the, the the RB3 in my model right away. Uh, in, in my initial production model, he was over Gibbs, but the film scores really helped Gibbs a lot, obviously. Um, but I kind of, I don't know. Those are again, like kind of low hanging fruit at this point, right? Like I feel like Gibbs is, uh, uh, Charbonnet is now like the consensus RB3. Feels like Downs it. is up there. Like later guys that I'm interested in that I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested in talking about. Uh, this guy, Tyler Scott, that I mm-hmm. you know he's going to be like a late round profile, but he's only a year three player, right? Third year, he was a converted running back. So a little shade to Tyreek sort of thing, right? Nice. And had you know, half a year decent production behind Alec Pierce and then a really nice production in a limited Cincinnati offense this year. So he's a guy I'm a little bit excited about as like a deep sleeper. And uh, Zerline liked him and he's getting projected to get day two capital. Yeah, yeah. So he's kind of a fun name to bring up, like 4-4 four, mm-hmm. four guy, like really like torching guys on film over and over again. So he's pretty fun. Yeah. And if you guys are on sleeper and you're doing these uh, these rookie mocks, Tyler Scott will be buried. So uh, set up your queue and let's 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 pump up this guy's ADP. It's ridiculous. He's getting drafted in fourth round of rookie draft. That's not going to happen if he's getting second round NFL draft capital. Tyler Scott is a late name. I agree with you that has uh, has been brought up a little bit more often than uh, than um than at least the most recent maybe month or, or so back. So yeah, I hear you on the Tyler Scott. One guy you're probably not touching because it just in your opinion, he's gonna get overdrafted. Uh yeah, I mean I I, I always cheat on this. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like hearing myself talk. <laughs> uh, I mean I, I had Debbie shares and Campus to Canton shares of Will Levis and I traded them all as soon as the hype started. Got like Amari Cooper for one, got Christian Watson for one, just trying to shed those before people catch up. Going to get draft capital. I know some people are high on him, but uh, his analytical profile is middling at best, and uh, the film is is not great from this last year. Unfortunately, I'm probably not going to have a lot of Anthony Richardson because he's going to go as like a top four pick. And just for me, that's a lot of risk to spend premium pick on, right? Like, 
do I want to have a 50% chance at, you know, Jalen Hurts and Cam Newton, or do I want to have a hundred percent chance of like JSN being like a high end wide receiver too? Like sure. kind of, I don't know. I mean, yeah. just swinging, swinging for the fences is an easy way to strike out and that can really hurt your teams, you know? So I, I'd love him if he was more like a back end of the first guy, but I don't love him where he's going. And then the only other guy that I'll, I'll throw into the mix there. Um, just the old wide receivers that are going to be like late, you know, you know, like mid second rounds in the rookie picks right now, like Xavier Hutchinson. I like him, but he's like a fifth year player, you know, mm-hmm. Tillman. I like a little better despite the bad analytical profile, but I mean, there's, there's a few of those guys that are like, you know, aging and didn't break out until like their fourth year. And it's just, that's a tough profile for me to swallow. Yeah, they're all really good points. I some of the the Will Levis has made this list several times. Um, <laughs> a matter of, as a matter of fact, I think uh, I don't know three Will Levises in. I think I I li- yeah I was I was uh, I was doing a profile with Dynasty Rich, and I said you're not allowed to pick Will Levis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had um, him in he, my back pocket just in case you pulled that on me. Yeah, and and I love that you mentioned a whole bunch of other names. You did the same thing with uh, with the uh, the positive with uh who's your guy so um i was telling you pre-show this is this is my favorite part of these profiles is those last two questions because the as listeners uh they get to hear the overlap you know they get to hear all the positives maybe of one guest on a player but then that same player by the way i think it was yeah i think it was bryce young was a player off of Dynasty Rich's list really? on on players that he was going that everyone was going to overdraft, and that one shocked the hell out of me. Now maybe oh he wanted God. to be maybe he wanted to be shocking. You'll yeah. have to listen. You'll have to listen to why for those who have not heard. Yeah, but he yeah, had he I'll had he there. had a, he he doesn't not like Bryce Young. He just felt like he had a color a couple other quarterback options in front of him, which I thought was definitely a hot take. He agreed. You know. He he knew it was a hot take, but at the same time, I just love that overlap. I love hearing that one person's high on this player and the other person's really low on this player. I think it gives our listeners some some fun things to think about and go out there and get your own opinions. Eric, thank you so much. Please tell everybody where they can find you, your content, anything else you have coming up that you want to promote. Yeah, uh, you know, still a member of the Dynasty Nerds team. I love those guys participate in all the mocks, do a few articles. I'm heavy in the film room. That's my favorite thing to do. I love yeah. watching the games, cutting them up, and then that is translated to the Devi Dose uh, show, which we do, you know, a live stream. I do a lot of film work. I bring on a ton of great guests. I'm going to angle to get Mr. Fernando. <laughs> nice. Time. Nice. Because uh, he's one of the best, right? Anytime. But uh, yeah, just a, a lot of great content. I know we're saturated rookie profiles. I do spray them into film and data. So hopefully something a little bit different than nice. other guys are doing. Uh, I'll never I'll never replicate the best, which is obviously the rookie fever. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm doing what I can to be the second best in space. Well, I'm a, scr- a sub- subscriber myself, so um, yep, check out Daily Dose for sure. Uh, Eric, can't thank you enough. Thank you to our listeners for allowing both Eric and I to hit your ears. Swagzilla Zero G thanks you. This is the Rookie Fever Podcast. Please do not forget to rate and review. We really like those. We got some new ones recently. I love reading them. It also helps the channel out. 
quite a bit. And please, please do not forget to be awesome. Now you got the fever now. 